This is Female Business Angel Podcast. Your go-to destination if you're a business angel or would like to get into angel investing and don't know where to start. Or if you just want to find out how we tick. We're Tina and Katja, both business angels from Berlin. Well, I'm a VC now. We will interview established female business angels about how they got started and how it is going, including all the best tips and tricks. So get ready for some insider stories and personal empowering moments and revelations with these incredible women. Welcome to this journey with us. Hi, welcome to Female Business Angels podcast. This is our first episode. And before we start interviewing other people, all these amazing women, we promise you, we will be having here in the podcast studio, we decided to interview ourselves. We thought it would be nice to set a bit of a context so you would know who we are and we hope you you'll find our stories inspiring. So in this episode, I'll start interviewing Tina, my Hi. podcast partner. Hi, Tina. Good to have you here. Hi, Katja. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You've recently been in the startup press, all over the startup press. <laughs> so what's going on? Who you are? What do you do? How did you get to your yeah, current situation, professional situation? Go yes. ahead. So yeah. um, I started my professional career as a math student <laughs> and then um, in a pretty dead-end job for one year and then actually um, I did a business degree, a one-year, two locations, really cool little mini MBA and then joined strategy consulting like most people did in the 2000s that didn't know what to do with themselves. And that was in London, and I worked mainly on due diligence in the private equity sector. I was probably the only person that actually liked doing that, but I think that's where I first got my deal kick. So I really just liked working on deals. And um, So wait, you were like 26 and you were doing multi-million deals? Or how, how was your day to day? Oh, well, that was just like a consulting yeah. job. I was like the analyst, like really checking market assumption, interviewing car dealerships, I don't know, whatever, to to uh, validate market market assumptions. And I did that for four years. So by the end of that, I was more like running the teams. But you would advise partners then to go for a deal yeah, or yeah. not? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and um, that was really fun. But most of all, I really, I was one of the few people that really enjoyed doing these kind of projects. But I think that was because I just really liked the sort of high pressure deal situation. I'm kind of an on or off person. So um, that... Uh, I can I, understand that. Yeah, <laughs> that was probably the first like... Can totally yeah. relate to it. <laughs> <laughs> deal kick. And then um, I wanted to move home to Berlin and... Um, It was 2010, so there were really only like eBay, Rocket and uh, Axel Springer as employers or Deutsche Bahn, which kind of wasn't an option for me. That's true. Remember that. Yeah. And um, so I ended up at Axel Springer because they gave me this really amazing opportunity to run the paid content unit or set up the paid content unit of Bild Zeitung, which is a tabloid. Not my proudest moment, but one of the biggest newspapers in the world. So that was a really amazing challenge, um, especially because I had come, done a few projects around disaggregation of content online in the music space. And yeah, I was just so interested in it. And I saw such huge change in that area. So um, I did that for a while and was a product manager innovation. I call it a innovation Springer at Springer. <laughs> and like just jumping from one innovation project to the next at Axel Springer. And um, then I got sick for a while, um, also stress-related a little bit. <laughs> and um, when I came back, I joined Axel Springer Plug and Play. 
and um, which which was was which was like a chilled job uh, <laughs> kind of no, for nine to five uh, <laughs> take it easy <laughs> yeah no we we kind of said oh this is a nice area way to come back zoom back in especially because I knew the people that were running it Jörg Reimbold that probably a lot of the German listeners here will know and um, in particular and he was really happy to have me so um, yeah so that was a really amazing journey there because I managed to um, be in touch at least with about 100 companies we accelerated 100 companies in total in the accelerator the most in a period of like two years time five no, years no no no, no. Uh, the accelerator was active for I think seven years but I don't want to be saying okay. the wrong yeah, thing yeah. maybe but it was still, just it's, a, it's, a, it's a, yeah it's a good pace yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it was pretty busy lots of events um, etc and then um, but there I really had got the chance to um, yeah accompany a lot of the companies so learn a lot about what founders are, who they are, how they take, what makes companies fail, what can make them successful. And just, I have a really, I, I just, uh, I sometimes say, maybe I'm not the best, but I have a really big sample size. <laughs> and, yeah, so, uh, you're, so you're definitely the mathematician, right. mathematician yeah. way of defining experience. <laughs> so, you, so you have the the right patterns in your head, yeah. like, you know, like the yeah, mind yeah. map. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and yeah, so amongst, uh, amongst others, N26, so that was also a real privilege to be able to accompany that journey. Um, yeah, so... And it was really fun when we met. You you told me, okay, that was like one of the first companies that is a well-known like unicorn right now and that yeah. they actually started as a bank account for kids and that they were called Papaya. Yeah. So I guess we will be talking a lot about pivots and also well, team versus idea and all the changes that are happening to a startup in, in, in the early years. Yeah, I mean, mm. doing that experience, I think one of the things that we learned from this huge sample set was that in the very early stage, it's founder plus market, the product can be changed. Um, and that's really basically also one of the main messages that I would have for all aspiring investors or investors here. And everyone will agree that it's really about just getting super inspiring people into markets where things are happening. And um, if they surround themselves by the right people and iterate fast, they will get to a good product that will potentially build a successful company. Um, totally agree. Yeah. So, so then I had a kid, um, and that's a, so how I started angel investing um, was when I had a kid and um, didn't want to go back into the accelerator full time. Because there were so many events and I just said, like, listen, I'll do, I, I wanted to do some consulting because it was like little time, lots of money, which is amazing when you have a small child at home and really flexible. And um, yeah, the shift of priorities. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So, and it was such a good thing to do. And I would actually totally recommend doing that if you're not, if, if your job that you are in doesn't lend yourself to having, yeah, having, maintaining your family in the way that you want to. It's a, it's a really, it's a really cool thing to do because for me, it was also like ex entrepreneurial experience in a way. It's kind of a little pathetic compared to all the startups, but it it, it was kind of, yeah, kind of a lot more self-responsibility, I Getting guess. Getting into consulting, yeah, yeah. to organize so, yourself better. And, yeah, yeah and so I'm in that stage right now. I yeah, guess. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although our kids are the same age. so And it's great because it buys you time mm. also. I think um, a lot of people see taking time out. So the way I approach taking time out for uh, spending time with my family really as um, like a sabbatical. You know, people like 
travel the world to get fresh input, but like, how are you going to get more fresh input in your life than when you suddenly have to take care of a small human being that you love more than anything in the world, which is like, is totally absurd. So like, if people are into it, like the things people do get to get fresh input in life, this is the best fresh input. So, and I really like, I kind of realized that and I was like, I just want to embrace this and try to learn from it and um, take the time to do that. Um, so actually, it's definitely a reset moment. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And one of the things that I did while I was on maternity leave is I did a Coursera course on. Wow. Um, yeah, the, I think it's the most popular Coursera course of all times. It's the um, uh, machine learning course, the Stanford machine learning course. So, yeah, sounds like a very relaxing sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> Child is asleep. Let's do yeah. machine learning. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, so total detachment from work. Yeah, not. completely. <laughs> no, it was actually. It was actually. So um, yeah, so and then angel investing happened because I started just doing um, part time at the accelerator, and just really wanted to get more skin in the game on what I was doing. And um, we started not doing so much first investments, but only follow ons and. Just kind of missed doing the other stuff. I interviewed with some VCs to join them, but I kind of didn't find the right fit um, or the right kind of attitude that I was looking for. And so I started angel investing. And then, um, and just the first bit was by myself. And then my like magic miracle moment happened when I met Fa Giza and Fabiola, um, who are my absolute heroes and partners in crime. And we founded Auxo. Auxo was um, uh, it's a German GmbH, so it's just like a little limited company that we founded together and um, to, to Angel Invest. And we really came together with the idea of, whoa, there's um, so few female investors. That view is really needed. There's something there, but we don't know and what. Tell me the story. Is, well, I know the story, but tell our listeners the story how you how you met your co uh, your fellow angels yeah so not charlie's angels it's also angels yeah it used to be angels now it's a vc so i think yeah, the other story is just hilarious it's it's so good it's very it's, inspiring no well it's actually something yeah. like sometimes you have to trust people some people in this world have really amazing instincts and then you can trust them um I was at an event and um, there I met a, a, a woman called Kati Ernst, who's fairly well-known in Germany. She's a well-known entrepreneur. At that stage, um, she wasn't well-known at all. Um, she was She's just... the founder of... Uh, Ushi and now Uya. Mm -hmm. And um, she was, we were at a big network lunch, a breakfast where basically everyone could introduce themselves for 20 seconds and then the lunch was over, the breakfast was over. It was a bit strange. But... Um, And I introduced myself to the crowd. She introduced herself to the crowd. And after everyone was done with introducing themselves and the event was nearly over, we like ran at each other and we're like, oh, we have to meet. And so we chatted for like maybe three minutes maximum, probably not more, and met up for lunch two weeks later or so. And three minutes, another three minutes into this meeting. So when this woman knew me really well, full six minutes or so, she said, you have to meet Giza. You have to meet my friend Giza. You're made for each other. And she called Giza, had called Giza already saying like, I'm meeting this 
this woman for lunch and do you have to meet each other? You're just coming as well. Yeah. So she joined or... So she, so she brought us together yeah. and then Giza organized a dinner and also like a women network dinner. So I think message here like... To women's networks. Yeah, I think the message is yeah, so there are so many events, especially yeah. in the big cities, and now post COVID, the events are not on hop in or anymore or on Zoom. So, but sometimes you really feel lazy, like, oh, should I go? Should I not go? I'm tired, like, had a long day. But um, I mean, I can definitely confirm. So, go yeah, to I these mean, events. You're, just, you're going crazy on events right now, right? Right now, yes, because, well, my daughter's five and a half. The, the events are not on Zoom anymore. I have nothing against Zoom, but a bit tired after like a year and a half yeah. experiment a remote experiment we all have behind us. So, and actually I also, I met people who became my colleagues at about my previous job at Spotify also in at, at these kind of events, like female networking breakfast, so the same. Um, you would think, okay, well, just oh, should I go there or really female networking? But then you meet amazing people and immediately you know if the vibe is great and you can continue the conversation you can do a follow up like with another yeah, like, meeting or lunch especially like yeah. well um curated groups of of uh women for me are always such an amazing source because it's just it's super fun to meet these amazing women like and it, because it's not like just standing around awkwardly networking over nothing it's like everyone is there on some sort of mission it's usually incredible women so it's just yeah and they have shared interests, so you immediately yeah. have like their yeah yeah. Their so I think into the door, so yeah, you know what to talk about. Going it's to ice, you don't need an icebreaker. No, yeah. no, no. So um, okay, so you met Giza and Fabiola. Well, we actually met at a dinner, yeah. and that Giza organized, and I had met Fabiola on a jury before, but we didn't really make friends at that point. And um, Giza had actually met Fabiola at. Um, postpartum gymnastics course. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, that's okay. funny. And um, we ended up in a bar until 4 a.m. with Kati. And the three of us plus Kati, the, girl, the woman that introduced us. And um, we all have small kids, so we don't go to bars until 4 a.m. very often. So it was kind of a big, big moment. And we didn't know at that point because it, I think it was another four, six weeks until I met up with Giza and we started talking over lunch. And then I met Giza for lunch and we started talking about the lack of female investors and how there's a market gap. And she wanted to get into angel investing. I'd already done one investment, and but really wanted to do more and didn't know really how and was a bit lonely because I didn't have any partners in crime. So I think here's the main message, like really get your partners in crime together because it's just, it makes everything easier. You see more deals, you can like, you have more eyes, better judgment, everything. So um, I think that's so critical to get your gang together. So you've got your gang and that so, was the beginning of Auxo. Magical Story. Yeah, so that was the beginning of Auxo. Um, maybe why are we called Auxo? So it was a bottle of wine and looking through Greek mythology and which is probably like the worst place to look if you want to do something kind of remotely feminist because they weren't exactly feminist then. Um, so um, uh, we found Auxo and Auxo is one of the three daughters of Zeus and she's responsible for the growth of the plants in the summer. And preparing oh, wow. for the harvest. I didn't know this time. Yes. And we added in a creative second X because um, the original Auxo only has one X. So um, so we'd had okay. the double X for the female factor in it. So growing plants. Yeah. So, well, it's planting about, yeah. the seeds and growing yes. them. Nurturing. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So this was the beginning of Auxo. Um, we. 
decided whatever we're going to do in terms of investing together, we we very quickly came to the point that we said there is a market need for us, not just because we are women, but we also had very complementary skill sets. Giza is really a growth expert. Fabiola um, was in PE. So we actually thought like, this is so cool. We cover the whole life cycle of a startup, Maybe private equity. Knows. Okay. So that's later stage um, companies and bigger deals. We promise to explain all the jargon. That's true. If, uh, yeah, if we don't, like, please reach out to us on LinkedIn yeah. or Instagram. And yeah. I'm the worst at it. I'd like <laughs> to live in jargon. <laughs> yeah, I tend to too. So yeah. I tend actually to use English words, but since this podcast is in English. This is really good actually. Like, you know, for me, it's the really worst, good. Uh, yeah, the worst is when you have to speak in German about this stuff. It's horrible. Yeah, so how it continued was that we were pretty sure that there was something about us, something about investing, something about women angle. We didn't quite know how and what. And to be honest, at that stage, uh, the market wasn't ready for a female fund. So, um, so we started angel investing with multiple goals. So one goal was that we said, listen, we need to spend time together. It's starting a fund is all about track record. People, the investors want to see that you work together, that you've gone through thick and thin together and that you're really a team. So we decided to just do angel investments together to build, yeah, joint track record and get to know each other. Because, um, yeah, if you build a fund, a fund is like 10 years plus commitment. It's not like, it's longer than most startups. So It's not a walk in the park. So no, it's not a walk. To get in, along really well. Yeah. It's not a walk in the park. It's all decision-making, joint decision-making. So you really need to be sure that you have a way of communicating, that you can make decisions very fast in a way that you all feel good about it. And you need to have controversial discussions a lot. So um, so we said, let, let's angel invest together as a what we called a personal DD to build joint due diligence. Yeah, due diligence. Sorry, to build um, a joint uh, track record. And but the other thing we said, we really want to find out what kicks us. We kept like, what is it that really kicks us? Um, I think there, and this is something that maybe a lot of women with kids can relate to, was we were so sure that whatever we're gonna do, if we're gonna do it well, it has to kick us one hundred percent. We have to love it and be excited about it, because um, time away from the kids sucks. It's just, that's like the fact. I mean, sometimes it's just the most wonderful thing ever. But mostly you don't want to be spending, you don't want to not pick up your kid from school and have it cry about it because you did the job that you hate. So we were like, we're so committed on, we were jointly so committed on finding something that 100% kicks us and we would happily give up social life, whatever for it. So, um, yeah, so so we came up with three hypotheses. One was um, um, companies that have a really healthy cash flow. The other one was female founders. And the third one was some positive impact. Um, and we said, like, if two of the three criterias match, we can do the investment. And um, with that, we did 14 investments together. and um, In two years. In two years, yeah. And, Just uh, one investment every two months. Not bad. Yeah, it's actually it was actually oh, less. It was oh, actually less than two years. If you okay. okay, oh German precise. companies, no, no, no. We no. also did um, something in Sweden. Yeah, no, in Finland, in UK, uh, kind of UK plus US. So it it wasn't just Germany, but like a lot of Germany. Like I'm not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, so we also talked about what kind of fund can we build, and we did a lot of speaking to people around this female subject and what can we do on the female subject. And um, when we first started out, people were really resisting about it, around it still. And this is, I think, something that's so critical is this 
element of timing because when we started out speaking about building a fund, the timing was wrong for the female thing. Um, and it was too early. It was too early. People weren't ready. People still saw it as like, oh, this feminist subject. Um, and now people see it as, oh, wow, this is really important and it's really a success factor. It's just like an economic necessity and opportunity rather than this... So the timing does matter. So much. Also for building a fund. So much. Yeah, not so only much. for building a startup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a fund is kind of a startup on steroids in a way. Um, so um, we... Yeah, so so the timing wasn't right. And, um, and, then, uh, and then we realized one day the timing has changed. And maybe had, you've also contributed a bit to that change. Maybe, I think, yeah. Maybe, baby. Maybe, maybe. So yeah. um, one of the things we did as well while we did, were doing the angel investments is um, that we did, um, we built a network called Evangelistas, which is a, started as a WhatsApp group to bring together female business angels because we realized that a lot of the guys have these WhatsApp groups where they send each other deals and we didn't. And um, so we just started like putting them into WhatsApp chat and then it became too many. Now it's over 160 and we had some really great dinners and meetups. We need to resume them post-COVID or maybe even now with COVID, we need to resume yeah. them. So now it's all the resources Slack group and the requirement to um, the requirement for being a member is to have at least one angel investment. Yes. And so you'll be invited. Yeah. yeah. So if you think you're qualified... Also reach out to us. Yes, please. Yeah. Please do. Please Don't be do. shy. No, no, no. And um, yeah, so then the timing changed. And then we had a great mentor, our amazing mentor, Jens Lapinski. He was like, guys, you are so dumb if you don't do this. You have to do it. And we're like, oh, but there's this issue, this issue. He's like, okay, think about it in a certain way. And um, And I think one of the homeworks he gave us was what is the like, clearest, simplest proposition you can think of and how do you have to build the whole thing in order to achieve this proposition. And we came up with, it's all female and it has to be really the best deals in Europe. And once we started thinking about it in that way, we realized, okay, we can't do lead investment. We have to do co-investors. Otherwise, we just simply can't get into all the best deals. We're, we're new fund. We're not going to, we shouldn't get into the best deals because They should get the best funds into the best deals. So we're like, okay, let's do co-investment. Okay, it has to be a small fund and everything just went blop, 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 like a domino chain. And we're like, okay, this is it. We have to do it. So we decided to build a co-investment fund, um, a small fund size, 15 to 20, and um, and just invested really quickly, built an incredible network. We made a decision to approach, in particular, female business, yeah, f female business women. And VCs as LPs and that work. Limited partners. Yeah, so as people limited who partners. invest in the fund. Exactly. And um, so, and it worked so well. And I think this is for us, really, it was a beautiful thing because we talk so much with our companies around timing and I'd never experienced it for myself. But timing and product market fit with good timing is just like a heavenly place to be. Um, and probably also the group of mentors and supporters yes. and connectors. So yes. as you've mentioned, Kati, and because that's where the ball got rolling and Jens also pushing you. So I think it's it, like your, your, your environment is really important. Like people you surround yourself with and they should be in with you. Yeah, and I think this is another thing actually that is so important to learn and to realize when you do angel investing, it's all about paying it forward. Like you give before you get. And 
you have to love giving, giving, giving. Otherwise, you shouldn't do it. And um, you have to really do it from the right place in your heart, which is a passion for the founders and a passion for the companies and a passion for the innovation and also a passion for the deal-making. And, um, and then it's just so much fun and you will make such great positive impacts that then great things happen to you. Um, and this is what happened with us. We put so much time and effort into into building the networks that we were then in this position to um, get all this support back when we when we needed it. So, congratulations! Yeah, to to the fund closing and to also to the amazing PR announcement. And, and I know that you've already closed your first deals. So, to all the female founders out there, if you're searching for really kick-ass investors. Um, Well, it's also so reach yes. out to them. Please do. And yeah, go ahead. And uh, there is no better place where you where you could be. So, and you, you also connect founders to yeah. like bigger VCs. Yes, like, yes. Who would that's lead a lot around. Of what we do. So, yeah. That's great. So. so, Katya, now we want to hear about you. Let's do it. So I, I, I just wanted to summarize your advices like to the to the aspiring female, uh, to, to the aspiring business angels in general. So it was get your gang. Yeah. Find what kicks you. Yeah. And give before you get. Yes. So Or be prepared to give before you get. <laughs> Please be prepared. Yeah. And be patient. To be very patient. Yeah. Which is, I think, a good advice for, in general, for life. And I think as you grow older, <laughs> you learn to yeah. become patient. Yeah. I think that the last top advice is don't steal founder's time. Always think founders, founders have so little time. If you take the time, really keep thinking, oh my God, I'm taking so much of the time. What can I give back? I need to give back because I've taken. It's really important to realize that scouting for investment from startups is taking the time and it's it's a currency. So um, yeah. then you really have Most to be like, what can one. I give back immediately just because I've taken half an hour? Yeah, I think it's about the ecosystem. And so I, I'm thinking about it in terms of supporting the whole ecosystem. So if uh, if I cannot give or if I cannot help someone, I would make an intro or I would recommend something or I would connect to someone else where I think it's a, it's a good fit. So, I mean, I'm a passionate connector and networker in general. I would love to help. And if it's not me, I would I would love someone else from the ecosystem to help because yeah. that's, I, I wish we should support each other. That's how we grow. Yeah. But Katya, tell us about you. Yeah. So about me. So um, I'm originally from Kiev, from, from Ukraine. So my in, in case you wondered about my accent. And uh, I moved to Berlin when I was 15 because of my dad's job. He's an engineer and uh, he's still working here at the Bionic company. Um, so high tech stuff. So I guess I was excited for technology when I started to read science fiction when I was like nine or 10. So my dad had uh, plenty of books and um I, I, I'm still a bit of a geek and a nerd, so I was also into gaming and ICQ when I was like 12, from 12 to 14. Afterwards, I got interested in clubs and boys and aggressive online skating. <laughs> so yeah, when I finished, so we moved to Berlin. Uh, it was really, it was an interesting time. It was 2001, so completely different. It was not the startup hub where everyone would move to and uh, there were no jobs, nothing. So I knew, okay, I have to, to do my abitur, so finish my high school and I will probably never live in Berlin as an adult. So I will probably have to go to London or Munich, I don't know, Stuttgart, Singapore, you name it, because there were no jobs. So I finished uh, high school. I learned Spanish inspired by my 
not really quick, like German learning progress. It took me one year and a half. It's a difficult language. Um, I Well, I learned Spanish because um, I like the language. I like the people. I made some friends here in Berlin. And I uh, I decided to start my studies in Madrid. So I started international business in Madrid for the first two years. And for the last two years, I went to the south of Germany. And uh, during my uh, studies, all my all my classmates, they would go to McKinsey, to like private equity, investment banking, um, like Boston Consulting Group and so on. And I decided to do a full-time internship at EMI Music Publishing. <laughs> so I didn't know that. In Madrid, yeah. So I um, meant helped raising money for them as a consultant. Oh, wow. Yes, in 2009, I worked yeah. for Guy Hans putting together the business case that he went to the banks with. Well, I was there before. So, but yeah, they were, I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they EMI Music. Um, yeah, not the they, best they private sold. equity deal in the history no, no, of time. No, no, no. <laughs> but the fact, the fact was, so I was in, in, in publishing, not at the, uh, in the, on the label side. We were 12 people in the publishing office making more money than 200 people at a label were doing. So we were doing... Well, that was the whole business case. That was like the, the nice thing in the, in the company was all the, um, the catalog. The catalog business was incredible. It, it's incredible, and it's also that's when I decided. Okay, so I was, uh, I was licensing, like songs from the EMI catalog for advertising for films, and I said, okay, I'm. I think like this, um, yeah, this money making side is really exciting, and also the advertising. So in my second internship, I um, I went to Coca Cola, and I worked in the marketing department here in Berlin. Uh, in the center of Berlin, so it was it was really nice. Uh, it was a different world. And fun fact, I worked with a couple of people together, whom I later met at Spotify again. So one of them, Martin Richter, who is now running Peloton, he was marketing director at Spotify. My uh, former boss at Spotify, Stefan Zilch, was working for MySpace. So years later, like fast forwarding, we realized okay, we were sitting in the same meeting room as a colleagues, or MySpace would come in and pitch. And then I would meet them again. So after doing all these amazing internships, I finished my degree and I uh, I went uh, traveling a bit to Mexico. And I remember I was sitting on the beach and thinking like, okay, I, all my friends have these amazing jobs at Google in Dublin, at McKinsey. They have their contract signed and I'm here. I'm running out of money on my bank account. And also I'm moving back to Madrid to move in with, um, my now husband, um, and I'm not going to London or Singapore, so hmm, I'm maybe, yeah, I'm making like a wrong move. But then in Madrid, after a couple of months of job hunting, I ended up well, accepting a job offer from this small no-name startup, Swedish startup, Spotify, so the job seemed like a logical continuation of my CV, so it was music and uh, advertising, so we were a sales office in Madrid. So we would work with brands and media agencies to monetize Spotify free. So we would advise them on marketing campaigns and they, they could run these marketing campaigns on Spotify. Um, yeah, my parents were shocked. They begged me to go back to Coca-Cola <laughs> or to hear my music and uh, or to accept another job offer I had like from a pretty well-known affiliate marketing company. And I said, I don't know, this feels right. I just have this gut feeling. Uh, eventually it will get big. <laughs> so 
and uh, it got big. So after two years in Madrid, I was offered to relocate to Germany. It was very, very early days. So we started from scratch here. <laughs> it was building up advertising sales and actually explaining what music streaming is. So no one believed us. People would tell, oh, you know, we have SimFi. It's a startup from Cologne and we have CDs. We have physical CDs. So we have... Um, we have all these other companies. So, and what is Spotify anyway? Is it like a sports company or like what, what, are, what are you trying to sell me? So we would spend the first two years explaining music streaming in every single business meeting. And um, it's, so the, the, and the first four, four or five years, they really passed by like this. So super quick, uh, like very, very exciting time. We worked a lot. And um, yeah, and uh, after... Yeah, after, after this time, so I got pregnant. So I also had this inflection point in my life. I became a mom of a of, of little girl and I went back to work when she was two and a half months old. So I jumped in as an interim sales director, worked, then took a little maternity leave break again. And when I came back, the company was, uh, it was a post-IPO company. So it was a post-IPO industry giant more or less so and things changed like it we we had more processes in place it was still a great company to work for amazing people amazing mission but what i realized i was really missing were these early stage startup days i knew from madrid and also from the first years in berlin and but i had my own startup at home so i had my daughter i had sleepless nights I had all these like things which you could not predict, and um, so you know how it is. Yeah, and um, said like, okay, how can I get involved with this startup scene again? Without, I mean, I'm not like 26 anymore, so I cannot go and work somewhere for no, you're like 27 90. now. Yeah, exactly. I was like over 30s, <laughs> and also I had a baby, so I could not go and work for 80 hours per week like like I used to. I mean, with all the traveling and event events, it was so much fun, but I was just not in that situation. So then, um, that's how I started to think that I could get involved with the startup scene more on a strategic level, mentoring founders, like giving back uh, about my experience and network, my learnings from the hyper-growth stage at Spotify. And um, actually how my first angel investing happened, that was also really, um, yeah, a, a random moment. Like it was um, a, a hot summer day in August. And I had a friend over with his kid. So it was a play date. It was one of these days where you have your... A glass of water and the ice cubes are melting uh, because it's so hot. So the kids are playing. And then this friend, um, whose name is Juan Fleming, so thanks Juan, he said, um, you know, there are two colleagues of mine are leaving the company and they are starting their own business. Um, and I said, oh, wow, this sounds cool. I received also a... In a bonus, which um, I was not expecting to be that high. So I said, I told him, you know what? I, I always wanted to become an angel investor. And uh, he said, yeah, perfect. I can introduce you to them. So and he did their pitch as well. So it was like one tagline. And I immediately bought it. So I said, okay, wow, this is like something I really believe in. So I want to meet these guys. And we met in, in a cafe. We met again for lunch with the whole team. There were three. 
And I ended up investing. So it was really quick. And then uh, suddenly I was not just a mentor. I was an angel investor as well. Yay. Big moment. Uh, and that's how we met a bit. Oh, that was that investment. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's how we met. And I remember we... Um, I think I asked the founder to introduce me to you because he said um, he had already an investor. Yeah. I think that's how it worked. And yeah, you were due diligencing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I think I read about you in the press as well. So you were doing like the Yeah, first. so we were like had this yeah. crazy press journey right in the beginning. I mean, we had this crazy press journey just this week, but the first. So after we had deployed just for the scene, absolutely peanuts. We uh, got featured really big in the press and we're like, oh, there's something here. There's something, we're, we're onto something. <laughs> so that's how you started. How's it going? And what are you doing? What are your top tips? It started. How's it going? Yeah. So uh, fast forward two and a half years. I am now angel investor in seven startups. Ooh. Super cool. So recently. Oh, actually, let's interject one tip there. You always have to think that over the over the two or three years, you need to deploy about 15 companies. There are a lot of people that will say you need to do at least 25 um, because you just need this. Not everyone succeeds. Most yeah. fail. And for me, from the beginning on, I said, okay, I'm, um, so this is the budget I would otherwise allocate to my MBA or yeah, something like that. So for me, it's like a practical MBA. I learned so That's much. That's not from what the... I thought. That's what I thought because we sat there. I mean, I think it's a little bit in German. We say schönrechnen to um, fake your own calculations. But um, it's like, I was like, oh, this is a lot of money. And it's like, oh, but I would have spent more on MBA. So it's okay. I'm going to learn. I'm going to take this as a learning journey. Exactly. Absolutely. So that that was also my approach. And to be honest, I don't regret it. So I've learned so much. I met so many amazing people. I mean, we are sitting here and like, yeah, two years ago, we were having this lunch like, okay, what about this startup? Yeah, I read about you in the press. So yeah, no regrets. It's been, it's been great. And um, I guess my top three advices to, to the aspiring angels would be become part of the ecosystem. Just uh, well, go to these events, go to these meetups or participate online. That's what I started to do during the well, lockdown. Make friends with people you really click. And second advice would be to um, get, I mean, if you are a small strategic angel investor, as I am, if you are not a founder with a multimillion dollar exit, get involved with the startups where you really can help. So, because uh, it's it's about the, it's it's about the smart money. So they would really appreciate your knowledge and network and expertise. So you should be really helpful, hands on. And I guess the third one is the same you've Tina said. So, so you have to give first before you get. I think the the three of them are really similar, really like like. But yeah, so give first, get involved and uh, see where you can really add value and where it makes sense. And this brings me uh, to, well, to, to, to the latest like angel investing kind of side project I'm, I'm, I'm having now with my two former colleagues, with John Bonton and Axel Bringelt. So we joined forces. You said you need a gang. So I totally agree. It's much better to evaluate deals together and to help founders together because No one is a superhuman, so you are good at something and you're not that good at something else. So then get your buddies. And uh, we've uh, formed an angel collective called Spotty Angels. So we're Spotify alums. Uh, we have worked together in this hyper-growth stage and we want to give back 
now to the startups in consumer tech creators and uh, Web3 space. So we are also interested in future of work. Um, so it, uh, it's uh, spottyangels.com. Um, where we have our investment philosophy. So it's pretty narrow. And uh, it's, yeah, let's see where it will take us. It's not a VC fund. So it's us uh, helping startups. And um, yeah. So But one of the things that's really great about you, Katja, is that you you're coming like in it from the same side that we were. It's like just pure passion for the content and what it is and just... It's just, yeah, you you exude the same uh, yeah fun and dedication that we had, which is maybe a bit insane because no one pays you for it. You just pay, you pay for your own work in a way. <laughs> But it's super fun. You get no. so much back. So you you meet all yeah. these incredible people, your fellow investors. You meet the founders. You meet people who are well surrounding you. And I guess we are all a bit like dreamers and we innovators in well, or we would love to be. So we would love to change this world for better or yeah and drive forward this innovation and that's what unites us and i think you can also find friends for life and it's um, it's very cool so we would like to yeah if uh, we would like to call more women to join the movement and, yes so yeah. this is a really call to call to arms <laughs> yeah. come join us it's so fun and it's so you do good thing and um yeah and let's make everything more diverse and you learn and learn 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 Thank you. Thank you for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.